Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, money and finances, part one. Before we get into our show, a few announcements. Uh, first, our program is being brought to you by Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, listen to our show. We're going to share a secret word a few times through the show. Write the secret word down and listen to another show. And that show, or the second show, listen for the secret word, write that down. Then send me an email, attention at attentiontalkradio.com, with the two secret words in that email, and we'll forward it on to Chad. They will send you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine and a PDF copy of the next issue as it is published. Again, just send us two secret words from our show. The address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Also, as an announcement, the 2020 Annual International Conference on ADHD is scheduled for November 5th to the 7th in Dallas. Well, it was scheduled for Dallas, Texas, but because of COVID-19, it's gone virtual. Because it's gone virtual, there's, uh, for those that around the world, uh, there's no expenses and there's no reason not to attend this conference. While we like the content that we provide and we're proud of the content we provide on Attention Talk Radio, the content provided at the conference is equally as good. However, there's more interaction with the speakers and other people at the conference. Um, certainly, a physical location is a little bit easier, but they're trying to simulate as best they can in this virtual conference. So I encourage you to... Um, to check it out. The website is chadd.org and you can sign up there. We're also going to run a tip uh, from Chad right now to promote the conference. And there's another website that they'll share, but we'll run the tip and then we'll get into the meat of the show. It's time to register for the 2020 Virtual International Conference on ADHD happening November 5 to 7. Don't miss the opportunity to chat live with the experts and learn the latest ADHD tips and strategies, all from your favorite chair at home. Register today at the ADHDconference.org. Uh, thanks again, Chad, for your continued support of our program. We encourage you to support Chad financially. The reason for that is is they're the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. They're the ones that go to Capitol Hill to lobby to get uh, accommodations for those with ADHD uh, so that we can thrive. Furthermore, it's not just one thing to pass a law, um, but it's another thing is when it gets to the regulatory agencies to make sure the language is correct so that uh, those with ADHD can get those accommodations. Literally, the laws are passed with good intentions, but the definition is a really big deal. And Chad's the one with people going in and, uh, and, and spending the time to make sure that this stuff is right. As a result, we encourage our listeners to become members or to donate to Chad to support the cause because a strong Chad is a strong ADHD community. Certainly, if you sign up to become a member, you get the member benefits, which are very much of value. So to learn more about that, go to chadd.org. Okay, our show tonight, ADHD, Money, and Finances, Part 1, is part of a three-part series. 
I've been the host of Attention Talk Radio now for 10 years. And over the years, I wanted to do some shows on money. And quite frankly, I had difficulty, or I've had difficulty, finding people to come on to talk about money uh, in a very broad view. Many of the people who want to talk about it have a tool, a tip, a trick, or strategy uh, that they want to push upon everybody. And I have found that uh, typically that stuff doesn't work. When I'm coaching people with ADHD, I focus on the ADD side of it, the issues, the traits, to really understand what's at issue so that we can try to figure out how to kind of move forward. And this show, I want to focus really on the ADHD traits that I think that make managing money difficult and then talk about uh, how they manifest and uh, start brainstorming about, you know, how what mindset you might have in order to kind of move forward with it. So to set the stage on this, uh, I'm a big Dr. Russell Barkley fan. And as Dr. Barkley has advocated for more than a decade, ADHD is an executive functioning issue. And one of the major executive functions is self-regulation. Self-regulation is the ability to direct an action back on yourself, to change your behavior, to change the future. It's a future-directed act. Now, that's a very heady, kind of complicated uh, definition, but at the end of the day, it's translated the ability to pause and use your thinking brain to override your more automatic brain, your more primitive brain to make a choice. So in the world, we, we hear words like impulsivity and distractibility. Uh, for me, it's all really all boils down to one simple thing, and that is self-regulation, uh, really the ability to regulate ourselves. As Dr. Barclay has said, there's really two components of or two things that you need to regulate. One is your attention and the other is your emotions. And we will be talking about the role emotions play in managing money uh, in this three-part series. The other issue that uh, I find uh, very, very applicable here, is, as I've learned over the years, is those with ADHD struggle with working memory. We've done a lot of shows on working memory, and I would encourage you, if you want to learn more, Dr. Barclay and I did a 55-minute show on it in detail, all you have to do is Google Attention Talk Radio and GPS, and that interview will come up if you want to get more details on it. In short, working memory is the ability to hold thoughts in your mind while organizing and sequencing them without forgetting what they are. Now, that's a really nice analytical definition of it. If you go listen to the show that I did with Dr. Barkley, there's a few exercises that we do to kind of help you put you in the experience for that. But at the end of the day, uh, working memory has two components. One is verbal working memory, and the other one is visual imagery. Verbal working memory is basically self-talk. For many with ADHD, they struggle with self-talk, and they talk a lot. Many of them actually think out loud. Most people think in silence, but because of challenged working memory, many of those, they, they need to talk out loud for that. Visual imagery is the ability to create a picture in your mind to visualize stuff without actually looking at a picture. And that's really impaired for those with ADHD. So when we're here talking about managing money, one of the things that I find happening quite often is uh, people thinking that they need to manage money uh, by focusing on budgets, uh, quick and QuickBooks, uh, different money management software. And one of the things that I'd like to, to note is that as we have progressed in life, we've become more digital, less cash-based. And I remember back in the 80s, I actually used to sell group health insurance and voluntary benefits. And one of the things as an insurance company, you wanted to get people on payroll deducted programs so that the money would come out of the paycheck. We wanted that for a few reasons. Number one, it automated the process. There was less effort administratively. That's number one. Number two is you didn't have the buyer make a decision every month. It would just be kind of on autopilot, a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. 
and it just it really made things a lot easier. And as time has gone on, you'll notice is that you know everybody's like payroll deducting things, and we have credit cards and, and debit cards. So we've gone away from managing money from physically seeing cash to more one that's digital and somebody with ADHD then needs to be able to conceptualize. Often I'm coaching people with ADHD and they're struggling with money because they can't create a picture in their mind. They begin to think about spreadsheets and putting budgets together. And when you think about it, there's a lot of work to go grab everything together to get a picture of your money to, to see that picture. And as soon as you do maybe an income statement or you take a look at your money at that point in time, that's a snapshot in time. And a week later, it's really kind of completely changed. So at the end of the day, they really struggle with being able to visualize it where back in the old days, um, you just had one bank account and you had the cash in your pocket and you really tried to manage to that. The other area that I want to kind of bring up is, um, if you'll notice, when you go to stores, they have things uh, up at the register that's like kind of eye candy. Uh, Self-regulation is the ability to override the urge to buy those. And often when I'm uh, coaching people with ADHD, the, the concept really is not the budgets and stuff, but when you're at the register or, or um, at the checkout line or the checkout cart on Amazon, how do you pause and think about, you know, do you really need this? And impulsively, it's impulsive, many people with ADHD struggle with self-regulation in order to do that, in order not to just purchase things that look really good at the time. So one of the challenges here really is the ability to stop and pause uh, before you make a purchase and think about what you're purchasing, why you're purchasing, and how it manifests in your life. If you think about that, one's got to stop and be able to visualize what's going on. Um, if I were to buy this and I take it home, would it work? Would I actually use it, um, et cetera? Um, and often that is a very effortful thing to do, and then they don't, so they don't do it, so they just purchase it. It comes in. Sometimes they never use it, or it's redundant, or whatever. But it's that ability to stop and actually effortly think about what's going on. So, when I'm coaching people with ADHD, one of the things we try to do is try to build a pause in somewhere in the purchase. Uh, I have actually the attention talk video um, that just is, is a little bit fun, but by putting your credit card on ice. And literally what I did is I took a credit card and I put it in a bowl, filled it with water, stuck it in the freezer. And the concept really is if you want to buy something, then you've got to go get the bowl, take it out, defrost the water in order to see the, the numbers in order to put in, purchase it. That builds that pause in for people uh, to think, do I really need this or not? As funny as that sounds, um, the concept really works for a lot of people um, to get them to think about what's going on. That being said, I tell you what, let's go to break. We'll continue our conversation. Our secret word tonight is money. Um, again, our secret word tonight is money. I'm Jeff Copper. Website is digcoaching.com if anybody's interested. Uh, so we'll run the commercial and we'll come back and continue where we are. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer, Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents, and Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini course on developing social skills for children. 
That's playbetterplan.com. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having an open conversation about my experience coaching those with ADHD around money. This is part one of a three-part series. And in this show, we're focusing on just the traits of ADHD being self-regulation and working memory and talking about what they are and the challenges about how they manifest in managing money and then examples of how um, what it looks like today. And then we're going to start talking about some mindsets to talk about how do you manage it. And a lot of our conversation today is really at the register. It's the point of purchase. Self-regulation is the urge just to do whatever's in front of you. And sometimes you have to stop and think about, visualize, if you will, how that manifests in the world. Both of those are challenged for those with ADHD. I'm going to kind of go back in time. In one sense, I'm not so sure people with ADHD, and I wasn't coaching back then, but I don't know if they've had as much trouble managing money like they do today. But I will tell you a personal experience. Back in the 80s, I got out of college and I remember I was living in Long Island, selling group insurance for Aetna. And I didn't really have a lot of money. But I do remember going to the grocery store and walking around the grocery store with a calculator. And the reason I had a calculator is I had a finite amount of money. And when I was going through the store, I needed to add it all up because the worst thing would be to get to the checkout line and have more than I had. And the exercise of going through the grocery store and looking at the items and keen in the cost of it and seeing that number as it relates to how much money I had a pocket was really interesting because I, at the point of performance, I had to make choices. And I say that Dr. Barkley preaches uh, those with ADHD really need, you know, to manage things at point of performance. And so if I was going through and I was over and I still had things to purchase, I had to make a decision what I was going to get and what I wasn't in the store before I actually kind of got to the register. You realize today is that we don't do that. We just grab things and we throw it in the register and we our best guess and we get up there and, hey, if it's over, we'll deal with that a little bit later, particularly if it's a credit card. We're not having to interact with the money. We don't visually see it like on a calculator and the money in our pocket. It's just this thing where you swipe it and you really just try to figure out later. Notice in the moment when you get to the register in that situation, when you swipe it, is you put off the thinking about it to like another time 
And it's easy because you don't actually have to go through the exercise. I will tell you, it was very, had a lot of anxiety going through the store with the calculator. Um, sometimes it took me a while to shop because I was having to make decisions in the store. The point that I'm really trying to make is, you know, technology in a sense makes things easy uh, in those types of situations. But it's more taxing to our working memory because we're not interacting with our money. We're not visualizing. It's just something out on the cloud, this nebulous type thing. A lot of times I've coached people with ADHD, and, and we've gone back to the cash-based uh, situation uh, for them to manage things. Um, they walk in with you know, $100 for the week of the day, and they've got to manage to that. It makes it very, very tangible. If they don't have the money, they can't, they can't spend that money. Um, and even I've had some situations where uh, <clears throat> they got rid of credit cards. Now, in our world today, that's a little bit dangerous because there's some places that don't take credit cards. But I think you're starting to – I hope that you're starting to see the, the point is if you're dealing with what's in your pocket at the point of performance, uh, you're having to interact with it there um, and you're not putting off the thinking. And from a self-regulation perspective, if you don't have the means, you can't get out the store. Certainly, you might go out and, uh, and beg, borrow, steal for the money, but you can see the restrictions that are being put on you in that particular situation to kind of manage the money. We can also see how the swiping of cash really kind of, it's easy for you to do that and put that off until later. The other thing that I really kind of want to bring up and talk about is we've done this in other shows, but uh, corporate America, uh, the politicians, and the news media have really kind of cracked the code, if you will, on um, on attention. We did a three-part series with Dr. Clifford Sussman a couple years ago on ADHD and screen addiction. The first show we talked about dopamine. The last show we talked about treatment. But the middle show was fascinating. We talked about how um, games, social media, are designed to be addictive. So we know, for, you know, for you know, years, if you ever went to a bar, they've got peanuts or pretzels at the bar with salt so that you drink more uh, to increase sales. Well, in the interview we did with Dr. Sussman, we took a look at the game Candy Crush. And there was characteristics of that were really interesting. Number one, it's very easy to play, very difficult to be good at. The points and the, the, the rewards that you get from the candies were random. Um, as you would log on to the game, if I recall, you'd get more points, but it, it would kind of tail off. And so you'd have to leave the game and come back later uh, to continue to do that. Uh, you kept a total of your candies or whatever. So there was a level of tissue, although you weren't competing against anybody specifically. And social media was added to that for some stuff. And at the end of the day, the point really is, is the game is really engineered to get you hooked. So Years ago, when I got out of college, I was actually interviewing with Procter & Gamble and Beecham, and I actually had to do a ride-along in grocery stores. And I remember uh, the Procter & Gamble people, we would go into the purchasing person in the grocery store, and we were fighting for shelf space at eye level. And if you ever go down the soap aisle, there's colors are bright orange and yellow, and there's a reason for that, is that psychologically, it, it draws your attention to that. My point really is, is that as you go into any store, they're designed to get your attention and to get you to purchase something impulsively. Think of all the stuff that's at the cashier uh, line on your way out the store. All that stuff is there for impulse purchases while you're waiting to kind of grab your attention. This is a bit of a challenge for people with ADHD because it's bright and shiny and looks really, really pretty cool. And often more things are thrown into the cart last minute as you go through the line. It could be uh, a magazine. It could be candy. It could be all kinds of things. So, 
All this stuff is preying on your challenges with self-regulation and managing money very much to me is about purchases at that point of performance. Now, I've talked a lot about grocery stores, but I'm also can take this to Amazon as much as often you'll make a purchase and um, you'll get emails after that of things related to it, trying to upsell you on some other things and making it, it seem really, really simple. Again, wow, that looks really cool. All I have to do is click and they'll deliver it to my door. It makes it really, really easy for you to make those impulsive decisions in those moments. So tell you what, let's go to commercial break. When we come back, I want to start talking more about like, what do you, what do you do about this and mindset? As we go to break, a reminder, our secret word tonight is money. Again, our secret word tonight is money. I am Jeff Cobber. I'm an ADHD coach. My website is digcoaching.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Um, we're here talking about money and finances. This is a part one of a three-part series, and our focus uh, here today really is to talk about ADHD as it relates to self-regulation and working memory and talk about how um, the challenge is very often at the point of performance, and that is at the register. I've talked a little bit about uh, self-regulation is really impulsivity, distractibility. We've talked about working memory, having to pause and use visual imagery and self-talk to really think about what you're doing or visualize how that be in the future and how that's very, very effortful. And a lot of people just to skip that part and just put it off to later. We've also, before the break, talked about how um, corporate America, uh, politicians and news media have cracked the code and they know how to make things uh, bright and shiny as you get to these these things in order to induce you to make a purchase. Remember, it's to their advantage for you to be impulsive um, or have struggle self-regulate. I mean, they, that's, that's what they're trying to sell you on, and they want to craft that to their advantage. It's 
odd as that sounds, you can't blame them for that. They're just trying to in business try to make a buck. But uh, my point in all this stuff is, is they make it more challenging for those who struggle more with self-regulation, really, in order to manage themselves. So the idea is, what do you do? That's why you're listening to the show. One of the things that I do is I talk about ADHD as a dopamine addiction, and I do that on purpose. Those with ADHD. You, the common street vernacular is I pay attention to stuff that I'm interested in, and I find that and researching experts is, you know, if you're interested in it, it's giving you dopamine for whatever reason. And um, those with ADHD, they struggle with addiction. There's a high correlation. So if you think of ADHD as a dopamine addiction, you pay attention to anything, you get dopamine, and you don't pay attention to anything you don't. Again, this is a very crude, simplified version of the brain, but it's it's really a helpful lens that I see in, in looking at this. Because if you look at it as a self-regulation, kids with ADHD playing computer games all weekend is not engaging their attention. It's actually disengaging. It's kind of more of an addiction side. So if we begin to look at self-regulation in the context of addiction-ish, again, it's not technically an addiction. But if we think of that and, and we use the word addiction, it really brings some seriousness to the table. And my, I've said before this, my mom always taught me never minimize or discount something that's hard because if you do, you're not giving it the respect it deserves. So if we start thinking about you're on Amazon.com and you're at the cash register, it feels really good. It's like addictive to, to just do to, to just purchase this stuff. It feels really good in that moment. So in totality, from my perspective, there's two ways to manage this. One, inhibit yourself so that you're not put in that situation. Or when you're in it, you've got to downregulate and deal with it. So one strategy is is to set up structures and stuff for yourself where you go in and you minimize uh, the amount of shopping that you do, have other people make purchases on your behalf. More and more, there's, there's ways for you to go online and, and, and grocery shop where you put the stuff in and you're not tempted by some of that stuff or you, you list that out for other people. What I just described is practical for some, but not for most. So it's a possibility. The other one is you're going to the store with cash in your pocket uh, and you're managing it kind of like the old way that I described where you're walking around, you've got a calculator and you've got cash and that's all you've got. You've got to manage the, that in the store or you have to manage that in your day. Um, and it makes it very, very tangible for you to do that. As time goes on, particularly in the COVID environment, more and more organizations are taken away or not accepting cash anymore. So I suspect in the years to come, that will kind of go away. But one of the things also is I've had people who are managing from a debit card where there's only so much money on the debit card, so they're not walking around with cash. And if they're going to the store, they can't get access to other money. This is all in the ability to inhibit your ability to, or or how do I say, to box yourself in. So when it comes to self-regulation, you can't kind of get outside of that box. The other challenge, the biggest challenge, the hard challenge is when you're at the register just to let it go and walk away. Most times when you're at the register, you see it, you want, you feel good, and you're going to rationalize it to yourself. Remember, we buy what we want, not necessarily what we need. And when it comes to managing at the register, this is the hard part. This is where it takes a bit of mindfulness. Again, you can impose things on yourself by only having so much cash or being only so much on your debit card or having somebody with you that's in charge of the purchases to regulate yourself. Um, those are all helpful, but when you're actually at the register by yourself, there's really sometimes no way of getting around this. At some point in time, you have to engage yourself, you have to engage your attention, and you have to be self-aware of that. Uh, for some people, if they've got budgets and they know where they stand, that can help, but for other people, it's really very much of a challenge. And that's why I 
advocate is really a mindset. What's going to work for you is depends on who you are. Many couples I've had is where one person is, just doesn't shop because they can't override the impulsivity and the spouse does it. Um, other situations, they go together. As an aside, I remember in college, my freshman year, there was a girl who um, came to me in January, um, basically gave me her checkbook because she had given her parents had given her an allotment, a substantial allotment of money that was supposed to last her first two years of college, and she blew through it in her first semester, and she turned the finances over to me to kind of manage that stuff for her, so she outsourced it. Again, all this stuff sounds really difficult, but the, the challenge of this is it is difficult for you to manage this at the register. And one of the things that I advocate a lot is remove the invisibility of money by the credit card because when you swipe it um, to really track it at another time, becomes tedious and we're going to talk about that in our next show so we're going to talk about ways to like manage that so at the end of the day the challenge i think of managing money for many people is the purchase one last piece i want to bring into this because i've been talking about daily transactions at this point in time the register amazon which is more smaller things but then there's emotional self-regulation for the bigger purchases now i'm not going to make judgment on this but to me a car is something that gets you from point a to point b that's just my philosophy. Some people wear cars um, as fashion or as status symbols. Uh, when you start to get into that, people start to get attached emotionally to things that may or may not make some sense. And that's where the emotional self-regulation kind of comes into play, where people like want that status or they want that fashion, and they're purchasing something because of what other people think um, and their, their challenges. Uh, managing that is, is really, really difficult because you have to stop and think it's not a money issue and realize it's an emotional purchase. What's it doing for you? Put it into context and realize that if you're purchasing something like that, maybe you're buying a, a very fancy car, um, that when you say yes to that, you're saying no to something else. And realize exactly what you're saying no to is ambiguous. Could be anything. Could be something down the road. Could be Funding your college education, your kid's college education or retirement, or it's difficult to assign that to anything, which requires working memory, which makes it easy to make that purchase in that moment right now. Still, sometimes if you can back up and take a look at the finances and put it into a context that's helpful, which we're going to talk about in part two, it's good. But even that's nebulous and ambiguous. So when it comes to larger purchases, realizes that sometimes managing money comes down to managing your emotions around something. And it's very difficult in our world today because uh, our ads that are bombarded are not, hey, this is a car, we'll get you from one place to be. But imagine how you're going to feel in this car. They take it very emotionally, take it to self-regulation, and they prey upon some of that stuff, which, which is a bit of a challenge. What I hope that you're taking from this is this is hard stuff. It's not necessarily easy, particularly when you, when you have ADHD. Some people with ADHD can manage this better than others, uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it requires a, a lot of work and a lot of mindfulness and a lot of understanding of kind of what's going on. As I start to wrap this up, many people will think, well, I came on this show because I wanted a tip, a trick, or a strategy to manage this what I'm imparting to you are mindsets and insights. If you're going to manage this, what you want to do is try to inhibit your ability to go shopping or to have defined what you're going to do on the beginning so that you can't go for more. Or if you're going to manage it at point of performance, there's no getting around. There's a level of self-regulation or bringing somebody with you to kind of give you the voice of reason. The reason I I share this mindset with you is that 
there's tons of tip tricks and strategies out there. And if you're listening to the show, listening to one of those, you've probably tried them and they're not working because they don't address these fundamental underlying issues. So often people with ADHD struggle with this and sometimes you just need to get some help with it. So with that being said, I hope that we, I've, I've passed on some insights. Uh, you have learned a sense of this and understand that managing money is not always about budgets and stuff. It's often uh, with, when you're at, actually at the register. So with that, I'd like to remind everybody our secret word tonight is money. Again, our secret word is money. And catch us uh, next week for part two in the following of part three of ADHD Money and Finances. We hope you've got some insight. We hope you've enjoyed this. Catch us next week for another episode of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.